Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Andy Behrens, uh, and it is an eventful week. NFL free agency is upon us. Things are happening. Players are relocating. Other players are re-signing with their own teams. Uh, we are learning once again that the NFL salary cap is just a pretend thing. It's not It's not real. None of the money is real. It's just pretend. Uh, we're here to discuss signings today. Before we get into it, uh, just quick heads up. Bracket season is here. Play this year's Yahoo Fantasy 50K Tourney Pick'em Contest for your chance to win cash prizes. The bracket with the highest score will win the grand prize of $10,000 on a Las Vegas getaway. It is free to enter, and over 10,000 people will win cash prizes. Sign up now at tourney.yahoo.com. Okay, listen, you guys are going to be thrilled to hear that uh, today's guest is uh, he's, he's one, of the, one of the fantasy industry's uh, preeminent Take masters, I guess. I guess I would say he holds the the modern record for consecutive days not being owned online. That's huge. Uh, you probably know him from his writing and podcasting duties at NBC Sports Edge, formerly Roto World. Hello, Denny Carter. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me back. And, and you're right. I mean, uh, the, the the streak of being unowned uh, reaches into the many many thousands uh, at this point. It's, it's one of the more amazing things that that I know of, uh, and I hope to continue it. Yeah, uh, Ripken uh, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Car- and, and Carter. That's it, hey, really. Look, I, mean, I was at Cal's twenty-one thirty-one game. The game. Where were you he, really? Yeah, I, I really was. I was twelve years old, and my dad took me and my brother. We weren't like O's fans or anything, but you know, we live in Maryland, and Cal's like an institution. So we went to that game, and uh, uh, so I, I was inspired. You know, as a twelve-year-old, I said, "I'm going to start my own streak one day of not being owned <laughs> on the internet." No, it's incredible. It dates back to the to the mid seventies. I think it's it's a, an astonishing streak. Um, you you guys can follow Denny on Twitter. Um, it's a, it's an all ages follow. You should definitely follow him on Twitter. Kids, adults, everyone. Uh, at CD Carter thirteen. Uh, I am not going to list off each of his four hundred and twenty burner accounts, but usually just know that they're out there replying to him all the time. Um, also, important reminder to listeners that I should get out of the way here at the top. Um, this podcast is being taped at 4.30 Eastern on Tuesday. Out of respect for Denny, I'll mention no other time zones here, the legitimacy of which is is debatable, I suppose. Um, so 4.30 Eastern time, that is our cutoff. If any NFL news broke after 4.30 Eastern time, as it surely did, um, maybe Andy Dalton is already a bear. Who knows? Um 
that's going to be covered by Liz Loza on the Thursday podcast. So pre 430 Tuesday is Barron's post 430 on Tuesday is Loza. That's our cutoff. Um, So let's deal, first of all, with the Patriots, because they've they've kind of just sort of made a mess of free agency. They're spending money um, like the team in your salary cap draft, right, who who thinks that they can conserve money for some sort of later edge, but then they just mistimed it and they end up with Nelson Aguilar. Um, it's a it's a kind of hideous collection of players that they've signed. I don't know. You can break it down. You've written all the blurbs. It's Jonu Smith. It's Hunter Henry. It's Nelson Aguilar. It's Kendrick Bourne. I, I've probably missed some guys. They re-signed Cam Newton. Um, what do we make of this Patriots mess? Right. Well, you you caught me right in the middle of, of writing a, a, an extended take that'll be on NBC Sports Edge uh, pretty soon tonight, meaning uh, uh, Tuesday night. Uh, it's still on, Roto World in my in my bookmarks, by the way. Uh, well, we we do have to uh, sue you for saying Roto World <laughs> now. Uh, I was it's hoping fair. you wouldn't. No, it's fair. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean. It, all of those guys, I mean, do they inspire a ton of confidence, you know, in, in that offense from, from a fantasy perspective? I mean, to me, not really because uh, you have the, the two tight ends who, you know, could kind of cannibalize each other's opportunity. Um, and I think that we, we all kind of know that uh, in, in a run heavy offense. Now, <clears throat> the one thing I will say about New England's offense is that there could be, some uh, known unknowns, if I could quote Donald Rumsfeld, which I do often, <laughs> actually, uh, uh, in that, um, you know, maybe this is part of a grand plan that we just can't know yet, uh, in which the team revamps, overhauls its offense for 2021. Uh, that might include being aggressive in the draft and, and trading up and acquiring one of the uh, top quarterbacks in the NFL draft. Um, and running a, a more balanced offense than they did last year. Of course, in 2020, only the Ravens threw fewer passes, uh, you know, than the Patriots. So, uh, in, in that sort of offensive environment, um, it really is impossible to see how both Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith uh, can be can become like every week uh, set it and forget it type starters in 12 yeah. leagues. Um, so Cam Newton last year, and I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the possibility of the Patriots, not that they're not that they're a team that generally like trades up in the draft and and, and tries to move to some sort of prime drafting position. But it's possible because um, certainly Cam Newton can't be their long term plan at quarterback. They didn't they didn't sign him that way. Um, he averaged one hundred and seventy seven passing yards per game last year, which is fine if it's nineteen seventy five and it's not OK. <laughs> If it's 2020, right? Like, that's crazy. It is a crazy number in the modern era. Um, Obviously, like, he had COVID and he came back from that and was not good for several weeks. And there's all sorts of reasons there. Only had a couple of 300-yard games and they were against absolutely horrendous defenses, right? I think it was Seattle and Houston. And every other game was, you know, there were a bunch of games with um, uh, double-digit passing yardage, which, again, something you never see in the modern NFL. Um, he has to be better than this, right? Or is that, or is that just what we're going to get from Cam? Was some of it had to be the receiving core? I guess is what I'm saying. He can't be that bad sure. again. Sure. I mean, they 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 had you know bar none the worst receiving group in yeah. the in the league last year. I mean, when Jacoby Meyer is your like unquestioned number one target dominator, I think you know you you probably have an issue <laughs> with the pass catching group. And and Bill uh, Bill Belichick knows that, and that's why. Uh, they're they're going wild here in in free agency. Uh, that definitely did have something to do with it. And Cam Newton said 
he never recovered from being uh, out with COVID. And, and that does, he's not talking about like the, from the health standpoint, although that, that could have been a factor too for, for a bit there. But he's talking about from, from being behind. He said, you know, I, I missed two weeks, like completely missed two weeks. Uh, I, I come back, the offense has advanced. Uh, I've lost, uh, you know, pace with, with how the, the team uh, is, is progressing. And that affected him for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, do I think he he could be better? Well, I mean, it's hard to be worse. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes. Uh, but I don't think we are we're going to see anything close to like a a, a vintage you know Cam type uh, situation. Yeah, he does get a full normal off season with the team, presumably, which which helps a lot. He obviously didn't have that last year's late signing too. Um, I, I have a difficult time imagining a path to either of these tight ends. It's a it, like it's a bummer with Hunter Henry because I, I don't maybe it's not a bummer, but I'd, I'd kind of penciled him into either Cincinnati or Jacksonville. I thought that was a pretty natural fit. There's still some teams out there that have glaring needs. Maybe you know again, maybe by the time people listen to this podcast, those teams will have filled those needs. Zach Ertz is hanging out there as a trade ship and whatnot. Um, but this is not where I expected two tight ends to go. There has been, I, without calling anybody out, I've seen some uh, uh, relatively shorthand, maybe lazy analysis about how these two tight ends. Um, there, there was a, another time when the Patriots had uh, featured two tight ends, right? In Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. I see almost no similarities between these two players and those two players. I see almost no similarities between present day Cam Newton and prime Tom Brady. Um, so I don't think I can fit either one of these guys into my top 10, maybe even top 12 tight ends. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I think they are outside the top 12. Uh, you know, Brady threw 611 passes uh, in, in 2011. <laughs> with uh with hernandez and and gronk that was the third most that year 611 would have been second uh most last year okay wow. in 2020 uh you know the patriots are not with cam newton now now this is the thing about like the known knowns and and, and unknown unknowns or whatever is that uh you know if they operate anything close to the offense that they did last year uh, they're not going to come any, you know, in the, in the range of 600 passes, it's going to be more like 400. And, uh, so, and then you have to say, well, if they're, if they're going to be Hernandez and Gronk, they're going to have to dominate targets. Those two got based like 39% of the targets, the team's targets that season. Are you going to project 39% for uh, a combined for, uh, for Hunter Henry and John Smith? I, I, I think it's presumptuous. I don't know what you'd say. Yeah. And we normally lean on, you know, you expect tight ends to be a big part of what teams do when they get like in, in goal to go situations, stuff like that. And the, the Patriots are just going to let Cam run from from what I could tell when they get when they yeah. get inside the the red zone, too. So that complicates it further. Um, I wouldn't think you would sign these two guys to be almost 40 percent of uh, of the target share. But it's uh, it's not great. Like, it's just not great for the fantasy value of either of either player. I think what what do we make of the the teams that they leave behind? So what's left um, for the Chargers? Is it is it uh, Donald Parham season? Is that a thing? <laughs> or do, are, like, are they going to are they going to be in the mix for Ertz? I don't know. Are we excited about that guy? He's not a former basketball player, right? So we shouldn't be that excited. About no, him. he's a former XFL. Right. Right. Uh, and you sounded like my dad. When you just said, uh, is, it Don- "Is it Donald Parham's season?" Uh, it, it is. I, I can I can confirm that much. You know, he's a he's a uh, of much fantasy football intrigue because he's this giant dude who's pretty fast, 
who dominated the XFL. And the Zoomers don't remember the XFL, <laughs> but I do. And and uh, and then, you know, every time he was targeted seemingly last season, he caught a touchdown. So, yeah. you know, it, if he has the, the the top spot in the tight end depth chart, which I think is, you know, again, presumptuous uh, in in that offense and Justin Herbert led Chargers offense. I think that's that's pretty good. I I feel like he he shapes up as you know a late round guy. You know, every year we find uh, a late round tight end who can become like a top ten, top five, sometimes option. He looks like that. But again, it's March. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Tennessee losing Johnu Smith, also losing uh, uh, Corey Davis, who we'll get to later. Um, it's just AJ Brown and like Anthony Ferkser, right? Is, yeah. is it Ferkser yeah. season? Is it Ferkser it, season? It, is that going to happen? It, it, it could be. I, it's, it's, it's funny. I know. And, and they, they resigned Jeff Swain, which is huge. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, but, but you know, the, yeah, Ferkser like, op, you know, he operated as the number, like the primary pass catching tight end in that Tennessee offense for a time last year. And that, and that could have, had something to do with uh, injuries, ankle or knee issues that John Smith was going through that of course were not being reported by anyone. And it was maddening yeah. from, from a fantasy perspective to see, uh, you know, Ferkser run most of the routes and see more targets week after week um, around mid season. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of like him too. If he, if he gets the opportunity, I think basically what you want with a late round tight end is a, a super athletic guy who has the job all to himself and, yeah. you know, like a, like a Logan Thomas from last year. Yeah. I feel like I can, I can actually see a scenario where I, where I end up ranking Ferkser ahead of either new England tight end. That feels weird. Um, Cause we're accustomed to like starting sure. Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, but Kind of like Ferkser, uh, from our current vantage point, he is, uh, of course, a, a product of the the Harvard tight end factory. It's literally the only thing that school is known for. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested in Ferkser. And right now, like, Tennessee just doesn't have very many receiving options at all. It looks like A.J. Brown, whether they want to do it or not, is going to have to get, like, 130, 140 targets. So that yeah. would be pretty exciting. Um, that is exciting. Let's talk, let's, let's talk about your new coworker, um, Drew Brees. Uh, yeah. headed to headed to NBC Sports. I assume he's going to have a role on the NBC Sports Edge uh, yeah. uh, fantasy podcast along with yourself, Hayden Rotopat. Sure. Uh, looking sure. forward to that. Um, Thank you. You've, you've probably restructured your contract a little bit to accommodate Breeze, I would guess. I made room. I made room, and and <laughs> and uh, you know he's he's blurbing right now. Breeze is, <laughs> is he's on he's on the news shift, and he's he's blurbing like a maniac. He's doing well. Are all the Breeze kids blurbing as well? The the three boys on the couch and the and the and the girl. Yeah, oh, all yeah. all seven Breeze kids there are are part of the <laughs> team. They're, they're, they they do weekends mostly, but yeah, we're we're very happy to have the Breeze family. It's got to be uh, tense. I know I know Rotopat trains the blurbers, um, yeah. and he's he he doesn't and, do it with kindness. As I and he's bru- he's brutal. Yeah, with the children, just brutal. <laughs> I, I I keep telling him, you know, t- he, he's up. <laughs> So, uh, so Breeze retires. Um, I actually, I actually, I wrote a quick thing, uh, this past week on it, like amazing fantasy career. So, um, shout out to uh, to Breeze for all the fantasy points, like 15 straight years of top 10 positional finishes is unreal. Obviously 80,000 career yards. He has five, 5,000 yard seasons. Um, it's a pretty incredible resume. Uh, not, not to go too far down 
the rabbit hole with a player who is of no use to us in fantasy anymore. But uh, I was I was looking at uh, Breeze's uh, Pro Football Reference page the other day, and like you know they've got like the combine stats on there now. He was super athletic, like he was sneaky athletic coming into the league. Um, I actually stacked yeah. up his combine numbers compared to Josh Allen's, and they're like they're almost they're like almost dead on. Um, the what? forty the forty times are really close. Breeze had like a 32 inch vertical and Allen was like 33. Um, I think Breeze was quicker in the agility stuff. Like he was a, you know, I mean, we just think of him now as a guy who's, whose arm was kind of shot in the last couple of years mm-hmm. and he never ran or anything like that, but he was pretty frisky when he came into the league. That's shocking. I, I, I remember him, you know, for the chargers and I, I don't, but I don't recall him being super athletic that you blew my mind yeah it's um it's pretty crazy you should try i mean it's not like he's exactly josh allen he wasn't was as big as josh allen or anything like that but the but the numbers are a little bit closer than i would have remembered and i i like i've forgotten the entire chargers uh uh chapter of the drew Brees story and it was it's pretty good like there's highlights out there of drew Brees like catching touchdown passes from ladanian tomlinson and it's fun they used him as like a little bit of a Taysom hill it's nice um but so let's talk about what's left at quarterback in new orleans because this is going to be like the fun, I think, a pretty fun storyline of the offseason and uh, and heading into the exhibition season, right? We They re-signed Jameis Winston, not for a lot, like for a year, for pretty cheap quarterback money. And then they, they gave Taysom Hill like a trillion dollars in imaginary <laughs> money that he'll never see um, that is part of the, the salary cap um, games okay. that teams play. So uh, I feel like either of these two, whoever wins the job, maybe it's fool's gold because the other one could always take over, but um, I will be pretty tempted to put whoever wins this job into my top 12. I don't know if I will be. And and here's uh, what I mean by that. If James Winston wins a job, and we might not know that until August, like yeah. even like late August, which is going to be, you know, difficult, uh, let's say for fantasy purposes. Even if Winston wins a job, Taysom Hill is not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, he's he, he's still going to come in on potentially short yardage, potentially goal line situations, and he's going to, you know, in the in in that scenario, he saps the the value and the production of of Jameis Winston as the starter. So, you know, my uh, inclination is just to say, please, just put Taysom as the as the starter. And let's go with it, uh, you know, because a you get the the rushing upside, which is as I said in the blurb today, Andy, I called it tantalizing. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was a good description. Okay. It is, in fact, you know, it, and and uh, and and we see, you know, the kind of you know the cheat code for finding a late round quarterback who can emerge as an every week starter in fantasy is that rushing upside. You know, year after year, we that's what we usually find. Uh, and we saw that in four starts uh, with Taysom Hill last year with the Saints. You know, he was he was really solid for fantasy. So I don't know if I would be super high on James Winston if he wins a job. Do we do we think that uh, Taysom has a little bit of an? I mean, it was Taysom that obviously started in place of Breeze last year. Uh, do we think he has an edge uh, in this competition heading into it, or do we think it's really even? right now i would i would think so yeah uh, because just because of of last year and and you know it you know low-key it went very well yeah right three and one and 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 in fact i I was thinking you know would they um keep him in even when drew Brees uh came back and i i think that that says a lot about you know how sean payton sees him i think it says a lot about 
uh, the the experience that he has in, in that offense. Yeah, I, I I just I do think that he, he does that, but you know the mainstream media is saying otherwise. So <laughs> I, I don't. I, well, so the the one thing about Taysom is he didn't you know he didn't reach uh, forty pass attempts in any game. Obviously, he's yeah. he's inclined to to run the ball if if you know a first option isn't there. Um, is this in your mind? Is this like? I, I don't want to say that it's a killer for Kamara's value. It's obviously not that he's great, um, but. Uh, he was also a player who was on pace for basically the single season reception record among running backs. And then uh, Breeze left and that mm-hmm. that fell off a cliff. A little bit of that was injury. A lot of it was Taysom Hill. Yeah, I think, you know, when I mentioned that we we might not know who the starter is until August, uh, that will affect how, you know, we should value and, and evaluate Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, the two target dominators yeah. in that offense. Uh, you know, in Taysom starts last year, uh, Kamara's uh, targets were cut in half. Uh, that's significant. You know, it, there's there's no way around it. Like uh, Kamara could be just as good or even a little better than he was last year. And he's an amazing player. And but if you're not seeing that glut of targets, yeah. you're just not going to be able to, produ- to produce the way he has on the uh, on the other hand. Michael Thomas was was really solid for fantasy with Taysom Hill. Uh, under center, he his target share went way up compared to in Drew Brees' starts. So, uh, I I think it's going to be it's going to be tough to evaluate exactly how we're supposed to draft these two guys, Thomas and Kamara. Um, knowing that it, knowing that it's going to be one of Jameis Winston or, or Taysom Hill, um, where where would you put where would you have Thomas slotted among wide receivers roughly mm-hmm. if you had to draft a league right now? That's a good question. Um, it's uh, it's also an unanswerable question because I feel like it's uh, I feel like it's pretty different uh, depending on who no, gets the, no, no. Who gets the I, nod. I, I mean, uh, I, I'm trying not to be too hot takey here, um, which I know is a shock. <laughs> which is not your nature. Uh, I mean, I would still say outside of outside of the top five. Oh yeah, yeah, I would, I would yeah. as well. I, I okay. might, I might say outside the top fifteen. I mean, I just don't 15? know. Like, I don't, oh. I don't, I don't process uncertainty very well in the in these situations, and I'm a little bit afraid. All right, all right. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I do think that you will have to pay a, a premium for him, uh, no matter what. Yeah. Know, um, no matter who, who who's starting, so you're going to have to have some confidence that the bounce back is coming, no matter what. Now I'm now I'm thinking that I only want these guys in best ball, and and then I would have to get both of them. Maybe that's maybe that's the play if you want to mm. if you want to invest in Saints quarterbacks. That's maybe that's the only way to do it. Um, another quarterback that this is a really fun site signing. Um, I was uh, crestfallen. Uh, there's a there's a good blurb word for you. That's a good word. Yeah, I was crestfallen when Ryan Fitzpatrick went to the Washington Football Team. Um, it is. I, I think unambiguously good for fantasy purposes. It is good for Terry McLaurin. Um, they were, they were, t- I mean, obviously Alex Smith wasn't pushing the ball downfield last year. Uh, poor quarterback play prior to Smith taking over. Um, McLaurin still managed to give us a, a really, really good season. I, I feel like with someone, someone with Fitzpa- Fitzpatrick's tendencies, right? He's going to push the ball downfield a lot. Um, super crafty. He's at that like sweet spot of a career. I think he's, is he going to be 39? I think he's at that, but yeah. he's still like at that sweet spot of a career where he's seen everything. He processes things really quickly. There's, you're not going to fool him. And, uh, he still has the physical skills to, to make the throws. Um, he, he's just been so much better these last couple of years. So this is obviously great for, 
uh, for McLaurin. It's great for that offense. It is a bummer to me as a Bears fan who who had mm. you know that that was like I've I've already given up on the whole Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson thing. Oh. Um, and I'm I'm staring down Andy Dalton, and I really don't want that to happen. And so I was thinking maybe I would get a year of Ryan Fitzpatrick, but no, that's not happening. And then the Ryan Fitzpatrick to to Denver dream is dead as well. But Washington yeah. kind of fun. I I think yes, I think it could be a, a really fun. You not not just for McLaurin, but you know, for Antonio Gibson, for Logan mm-hmm. Thomas, uh, if they can find like, you know, another receiver, whether it's Sims or whoever else, I'm talking about both Sims, the Steve Sims and Cam Sims, you know, um, someone who would be like, you know, a deep threat who, who could, um, you know, catch, catch those, those deep passes, aggressive passes from the, of course, McLaurin can do that as well. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm excited about not only, uh, the the potential opportunity for those pass catchers in Washington, but for Fitzpatrick, like providing, you know what he does for for fantasy managers who who you fade top quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think I think his his presence uh, could be important for you know people who stick by a late round quarterback approach in 2021. And I think that you know you're you're going to see that less and less because of uh, how quarterbacks are evolving uh and that that dual threat quarterback becoming more prevalent uh, you know i talked about that with jj Allen in the stream at, at the end of the season so uh yeah fitzpatrick signing is is wonderful news i think for fantasy yeah i don't want to get too off topic on free agent signings but i actually do want to ask you about that um it, like going late round uh at quarterback you know for years a uh, totally viable strategy winning strategy um, you could almost always find a 4,000 yard quarterback, uh, uh, late in it. I mean, you can still find a 4,000 yard quarterback mm-hmm. late in the draft. The problem is they're not going to, they're not going to run for 500 yards and six or eight or 10 touchdowns. Right. And so a lot of us are thinking more and more that we want the dual threat guys and we're willing to pay a little bit for it. Um, we're willing to draft them round five, round six. Um, do you, do you still think you still think it's viable to go late rounds, uh, no rushing threat sort of quarterback? Um, you know, if you're looking for an every week starter, uh, no, I, I actually, I actually don't don't think that that's the way to go. Now, the key will be: are we going to get maybe two or three dual threat guys who we can get in the double digit rounds? You yeah. know, and 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 that that remains to be seen. Whether it's one of the uh, the rookie quarterbacks uh, who can do that, the Justin Fields type, or uh, Taysom. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other guys who might fall in, in that range. But, uh, yeah, I. I I don't think that you can uh, reliably draft, you know, just a, a pocket passer in that part of the draft and say, okay, like I'm, I'm good. I'm good to go. Um, you know, and especially if you're getting into like super flex two QB yeah. discussions, I think that you're, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage there. Okay. Let's, let's leave the quarterback position alone for a little bit. Um, Aaron Jones Kind of, kind of surprised me in that he, uh, yeah. in that he resigned with the, with the Packers. I actually like, it's it's probably the best case scenario for Aaron Jones fantasy wise. Uh, didn't really see it coming because there'd been so much buzz about Aaron Jones going to perhaps Miami. Mm. Um, it it seemed like the most jetsy signing in the world to throw money at at uh, a player like Aaron Jones, but it didn't happen. Um, yeah, I, I don't know your your thoughts on this. Like, it's great for I think for Rogers for Jones himself. Yeah. This is other than maybe going to San Francisco. I feel like staying in Green Bay was the best case for him. 
Yeah, it probably is. And, and, you know, he only saw 45% of the team's carries last year, which is, you know, not, not a ton, you know, but he, but he's never been, uh, uh, you know, a traditional workhorse back. And Matt yeah. LaFleur has said, we're, that's not what we're going to do with the backfield. He has been incredibly efficient in back-to-back seasons. And he has that, that pass catching role in, in the offense. You know, Jamal Williams is, is gone now who knows where he's going to land I, I really hope he lands in seattle but that's a different discussion <laughs> uh and uh um, you know but aaron jones uh has had 60 some targets in both of the past two seasons and that includes missing two games last year so um yeah i think it's probably best for him uh am i uh disappointed that that one week prior uh roto pat and i called matt lafleur a genius and then he <laughs> threw a bunch of money at the running back ah, you know i'm a <laughs> I'm a little put off. We were going to get over it. That that team's uh, 2020 draft just gets more amazing uh, by oh. the day, right? Like they 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 go quarterback in the first round, who's just never going to play. Um, they go they go running back in the second round, who and and then they and then they throw a bunch of money at the running back that they could have let walk. Um, they go tight end, I think, in the third round, and that tight end wasn't Robert. Tunyon, who just had a phenomenal season. So you're not going to get anything out of an entire draft class, which is amazing to me. And, and it worked. It seemed seemingly worked out somehow. <laughs> it has. It has. It's totally worked out. Do you, I mean, like, do you inspired, think there's going to be a role for A.J. Dillon this year? Um, well, you know, he's never he's never had a role as a pass catcher. That doesn't yeah. mean he can't do it. But but he but, you know, in college and last season, it was not treated as as anything close to a pass catcher. And Aaron Jones is so. I think you could see Aaron Jones's targets tick up uh, in, in in 2021. Uh, but you know, getting back to that draft real quick, it, it, here, here's what they here's what they did. You have to give the Packers credit. They motivated Aaron Rodgers <laughs> to try to try to win a Super Bowl out of spite, out of nothing but spite, and uh, he almost did it. He did. He did. He almost did it. Um, had, like that, his his transformation from not that he was bad. He wasn't he hadn't been bad for like the three prior seasons, but he hadn't. I mean, he hadn't been any kind of fantasy difference maker at all. Right. Like it was it was touchdown totals in the 20s, um, 4000 yards, but not nothing exceptional. Um, and then to to actually make a run at 50 touchdown passes this year with, as Mike Salfino would point out, a ton of one and two yard touchdown passes that maybe we don't see again. Like what, what are you doing with Aaron Rodgers next year? He's, well, he's he, actually a real rankings challenge for me because he's obviously right. just had this fantastic season, total right. supernova season. And he is, there's no rushing element to his game really at all. So I think that those short touchdown passes, that is definitely him calling those. Like yeah. he, he definitely like, you know, wants to pick up the easy touchdowns and who can blame him? I, I, it's all the respect in the world for that, but um, you know, he's due for, I know I'm going to say the R word regression, you know, <laughs> and, and people, people don't, don't like that word and they pretend it's not real, but it is. And uh, you know, he, his, his touchdown rates spiked last season. Um, the, the Packers as a whole, as a team were scoring every 94 yards which is outrageous. Okay. The, 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 the league average was 136, 136 wow. yards per touchdown. They were at 94. There's, there's going to be some backsliding in the touchdown scoring uh, category for the entire green Bay offense. Devonte Adams is a touchdown machine. He's going to continue. I mean, you know, he's not going to score 18 touchdowns in 14 games like he did in 2020. But I, I do, I do think that you need to be a little bit 
I do think Aaron Rodgers profiles as an overdrafted quarterback. It, it also felt like last year, I mean, I, Tunyon's a really good player. Um, it felt like he caught like six or eight touchdowns where no one else was even in the camera frame, where he was yeah. just he was just alone, forgot like forgotten man in the end zone. They didn't even think like it was necessary to cover him. Um, so crazy season for him as well. Uh, I, I guess we should talk about Corey Davis to the to the Jets, right? That's a thing. I guess. Um, that it, it's very difficult for me to, to put a, put a, an appropriate price on this player because we don't know who's going to be a quarterback for the Jets, right? There's a lot of unknowns here. Um, I, it, it was only a couple of weeks ago that I tried to give people a, a hard sell on Denzel Mims as an interesting player. And I, I think he goes down a peg now it's, it's Jamison Crowder, it's Mims, it's Corey Davis. This is at least a receiving core that I could imagine um, a quarterback who might be on the trade market or who might be a free agent looking at and saying, Hmm, I could, I could work with that. I agree. Uh, you know, uh, you could do worse, I would say yeah. than, than the, the Jets receiving core, uh, you know, Davis, last year was his, you know, kind of breakout. If you want, if you want to call it that a lot of that had to do though, with AJ Brown being either dinged up or out with it, with that knee injury, um, you know, that, that, that fed his, his opportunity. I, I don't really know if you can bank on that in, in another scenario, especially an entirely different team. There's also the issue of, you know, wide receivers who go to new teams typically uh see you know a, a decrease in, in production mm-hmm. you know and and we which which runs against what we typically like to think we like to oh new lamp new spot uh new offense this is the uh this is the year you know for this guy he just needed a new uh a change of scenery or whatever and that's not the case most of the time so um I mean, you know, are you going to have to spend uh, a, a high draft pick on Corey Davis? Of course not. I mean, he's probably going to like go undrafted in 10 team leagues. So, um, but uh, I, I do, I would say Mims is probably my preference in that, uh, in that, in that among those two, among those two. Yeah. Mims was a guy who crushed the the combine and I thought showed pretty well in a, in an utterly abysmal uh, passing game situation. Yes. Yeah, with the Jets last year. One one other thing that I want to get your I want to get your take on, and that mm-hmm. is because um, there's a, a bunch of lesser signings that we don't have to necessarily roll through. Devontae Booker, John Ross to the Giants, a bunch of other things happened. Um, the the Bucks are running it back with pretty much everyone as they should. Yeah. Uh, great season. Um, Car- Carlos Hyde to Jacksonville. Uh, this happened, and all of fantasy Twitter seemed to say simultaneously. Um, this is great news for for James Robinson, right? And it, it it's probably great news for James Robinson. Um, I I you know I'm I'm incredibly fond of James Robinson. Had him in a lot of mm-hmm. leagues last year. I think it's a great story uh, out of out of Illinois State. Um, but everywhere Carlos Hyde goes, he ends up with a role. Like I feel I feel yeah. like I've done this thing before where we say, oh, it's just Carlos Hyde. This is great news for Chris Carson. This is great news for whoever. Um, and then and then and then all of a sudden you look up and Carlos Hyde has like 180 carries. Right, right. No, you're you're, you're right. I I don't think that it's fantastic news for James Robinson. I mean, Robinson dominated uh, backfield touches and snaps and everything largely because there was no one else. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there, there was almost literally nobody else. Once Chris Thompson went down with that injury, it was over. Like James Robinson was going to see every single snap in that offense. And that's what happened. Um, I, 
you're, you're not going to see that this year. And, and Carlos Hyde is, is probably the reason. Um, I do think Hyde is kind of like a barometer, like a human barometer of how, how good your starting running back is. Like, <laughs> like Hyde's not, Hyde's not probably going to, you know, probably not going to see the field if Robinson is, is good or solid. Right. But if Robinson like struggles a little bit with blitz pickups or, drops a pass or something eh, suddenly Hyde creeps in there and then you look at the box score and you go wait a second Hyde had 14 carries yeah. to Robinson's 11 wait a second what's going on here you know that you we could see that scenario uh playing yeah out. I guess that worries me a little bit like it's not it, obviously it's not the worst news for Robinson because Carlos Hyde well you know like he's, he's gonna end up having a, a really nice pro career he's not an exceptional runner by NFL standards, I would say, but it's not, this isn't nothing. This isn't, this isn't like bringing in a, just a straight backup, I think, because again, everywhere Hyde goes, he plays. Um, so I'm a little bit worried. I've got, I've got some dynasty shares of Robinson and I'm not, I'm not like high-fiving anybody about this. I'm not, I'm not thrilled by the news. I mean, you know, Robinson was always going to see some competition, uh, you know, this, this off season. And I guess it, it's better to be Carlos high yes. than it would be to like for them to like spend a, a high draft pick on a running back or something, you know, that would be, that would be concerning. No, actually know? that's and, a really so, good point. This probably does yeah. signal that they're not in on any of the, you know, top three, top four running backs in the draft class. That's a really good point. That's good news for Robinson for sure. Yeah. Give us, um, I mean, I, I would feel terrible bringing you on this podcast and not asking you uh, for some kicker takes. Uh, sure. There've been a lot of re-signed kickers. The bears locked up Cairo Santos. I'm really excited about that. The whole town is buzzing about it. Nobody cares about the quarterback situation at all. We've locked up both a punter and a kicker. Um, how are you feeling about that? What's the biggest kicker signing so far? Yeah. Well, you know, Santos, obviously a guy who's been released by seven or eight teams, <laughs> uh, you know, get signing, signing a big contract. When you can something- give a guy like that three years, you, you got to do it. Right. You have to, you have to. I mean, I think it shows how desperate, how, how thirsty the franchise was for, for a kicker who can actually make a kick, right? I mean, Santos comes in and he's like pretty good last year. And they're like, oh my God, we're going to give you the keys to the kingdom. You know, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, I will say Cairo Santos has come a long way uh, from doing a cameo for me for a, for a fantasy Mensa bit um two years ago to now being one of the highest paid kickers in the nfl i that's a that's a cinderella story and i i appreciate that um i i don't for for real though i don't get it i I don't understand why why they would do that but uh, they are the bears uh uh that they are can you can you elaborate a little bit on the cameo on if people haven't seen fantasy mensa they're they're fantastic segments and they should be searched out they're amazing Yes. Uh, if we were smart, Pete and I would have started a, a Twitter account of <laughs> Fantasy Mensa, but we did not. Uh, yeah. So Fantasy Mensa is a bit that I, that I did a while back with Pete Overzet, and he, uh, he, we would uh, be fantasy analysts and we would talk about ways to, uh, you know, uh, get, get the edge, get the advantage on, on, on your league mates. But of course we did it in a very dumb way. And um uh, Pete actually surprised me with a cameo from Cairo Santos, <laughs> Cairo Santos, uh, you know, t- telling me to, to hang in there to keep uh, pumping up kickers. And um, it was it was a very strange message. And he, he clearly didn't read much about what, <laughs> what, what we were going for, but it, it fit into the segment just barely. Uh, and we ran with it for fantasy men. So. Well, the Bears have made sure that he is not going to need that cameo income anymore. I would, I would assume. Uh, 
I, uh, like he's yeah. probably pricing them at like I don't know four or five hundred dollars if you want a, a a minute of Cairo Santos's time. It, it's going to cost it, you now. Now, now it is. Uh, uh, I should you know mention that Michael Badgley signs with the Chargers today. Um, you know, and and, and that's Badger. that's huge, huge. You know, uh, people are are going to remember the nine missed field goals and so <laughs> and, and 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 many missed uh, extra points. I forget how many uh, last year, uh, especially in primetime games, which you know sticks with people. So uh, they everybody will shun him, and he'll probably lead the league in in field goal attempts. So he, you know. He has that going for him. I don't know that I can I can think of a case off the top of my head in sports history where somebody um, who who had been good at their job gave themselves a nickname and then was almost immediately bad, uh, oh. like like eternally. You you got when you name yourself the Money Badger, and he tried to copyright <laughs> it, right? Yes, he did. I believe he did. Yeah, when you name you have you have to then go out and make all the kicks. You have to you have to be all great. Of the kicks. Yeah. You are putting. A tremendous amount of pressure on yourself uh and to and to do that and and then you know start choking especially in primetime games yeah that's uh that's something that people won't forget uh, um all right well it, this has been great i i thank you for coming on the podcast uh hugely appreciate it big big fan of your twitter feed your your <laughs> ongoing streak of being unowned and uh, of course all your work at uh nbc sports edge uh tell the people where they can keep up with you and what you're working yeah. on uh, at CD Carter 13, uh, for the good tweets. And, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, I'm writing those, up, those are the for, premium tweets. There's a pre yeah, right. Okay. For uh, 99 cents per tweet. You can, you can see all, all of them. <laughs> and, uh, so I appreciate all the subscribers. The, uh, yeah, I'm writing up a free agency piece for NBC sports edge. Uh, you know, later I will have a piece, you know, later in March, I'll have a piece on, um, touchdown regression for the league's worst offenses and see if we can find any, any edge there in, in, uh, offenses that we hate. Excellent. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, remember folks to sign up for this year's Yahoo fantasy 50 K tourney pick em contest. That is important. You got to do it. Uh, if you are looking for bracket talk, follow the Yahoo sports college podcast with Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and our very good friend, Pat 40, uh, from SI follow post it up with Chris Haynes for all things NBA. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo fantasy Huge thanks to Ragu. Huge thanks to Denny Carter. Once again, I am at Andy Barons. He is at CD Carter 13. We will be back later this week. But until then, we are out. We are out.